Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection of humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello, Susan. Hi, Guthrie. How are you doing? I'm good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, what's What's our, new with you? What's new with me? You know, yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, I don't know when we're gonna uh, post this one. Probably we're gonna post it while I'm in Brussels or right after I've come back from Brussels. Right now it's before I go to Brussels. So I'm going to Brussels next week to speak at uh, the big Belgium marketing conference called, uh, it's put on by BAM, it's called STIMA, S-T-I-M-A. So I'm all excited about that, going to Brussels, um, which is a a very nice city. And... um, going to talk to them about the future of human technology interaction. Dun, dun, dun. Right. So that's what's new with me. So I, uh, for our episode today, I thought we could do a uh, in the news. Is that all right with you? Yeah. Yeah, sure. That sounds fun. I picked a couple of topics that have come across my, my news feed, come in on my news feed, come across my desk, as we used to say. And that I wanted to talk to you about and see what you think. Yeah. All right. So different topics. These are, there's no, no connection between any of these except that they all came in my newsfeed recently. So the first one is this thing called defensive design. Have you heard that term before? Uh, No. And you did explain it to me right before we got on the air. Yeah. Um, So, but I, I hadn't heard of it before. So it's a term that means that you, it's kind of, I think, kind of a misleading term, but maybe not. But what it means is you design something so that people won't take a certain action. You know, like we talk a lot, and I know you, you've done a lot of reading and on the research on choice architecture, and we've talked about that in some of our classes, and and that's the idea that you design something to, uh, you know, like you have people opt in rather than having to opt out. You design so that it's more likely that people will take an action. Right. And this is kind of designing so that people won't take an action. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of Yeah. And, and so to me, the behavioral economist, I would call that. Uh, does, does, you know, choice architecture. You would, but it's not, I, I don't know. To me, it's a little different. So for the, the classical example, there was an article about this that um, by Vox News this week. Um, and the classical example is that you, uh, in New York City, uh, in the subways, they have started putting, um, instead of benches, you know, where you would sit, and uh, wait for your train. They've started putting um, lean bars, L-E-A-N bars, th- bar these bar things that you uh, lean against. And mm-hmm. I will, uh, when we post this podcast, I'll put a link, a link to it so that that people can see it. But <clears throat> yeah, the idea is that uh, you don't want people sitting. Um, in the uh, on the benches and hanging out in the subway so if you put these lean bars 
you can lean against it, but people won't be sitting on them. And it's not as comfortable as sitting, so people won't stay for a long time. This is this is like um, this is the human nice version of uh, like the in the big cities they have the pigeon stoppers. What's that? Oh, you don't you don't know it? No, what's a pigeon stopper? Basically, um, there are a series of like spikes to keep pigeons from yeah yeah no that, and... they, that's right I think they talk about that in this article so that's an that's an example of defensive design for pigeons. <laughs> it is. Um, so other examples are like, uh, uh, and I think all these examples in the Vox article were from uh, New York, but I've seen this in other cities too. Like like bench park benches that have armrests in you know the, it'll be a long park bench, but then there'll be armrests, yeah. and that's so that it's really hard to lie down. Like, you can't lie down because they don't want people lying down on the park benches. Right. So, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, so funny. What do you think about it? Do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, of course. Well, you know, there are people that complain. I mean, about look, it. I'm a big fan of behavioral um, architecture and choice architecture, behavioral design. Even if and it's against humans. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Spoken like a true behavioral economist. Oh, yeah. Just let, what, let them do whatever they want. Well, you know, the, the lean bars, by the way, people in wheelchairs have complained. Of, no, not people in wheelchairs. People who with disabilities complain about them because they can't use them and it's hard for them to stand and lean on something. Okay. Well, you have to you have to do it, you know, in a reasonable manner. I don't, I, I think well, there are, I think there are ways anti -homeless to Anti-homeless people, too. Anti-homeless people. Well, not sleeping on a park bench. Making benches uncomfortable. Now, I have a question for you. Well, hold on. What? Well, I mean, why have a bench if it's uncomfortable? Sometimes they make the backs of the bench un literally uncomfortable, so you won't sit there very long. Like, is that a good thing to do? I don't know. Well, how many park benches? You know, you can't have unlimited park benches. Okay, but... So you should make them uncomfortable? It's a question. All right, I have a question for you, though. How would you yeah. use this? Like that, the, these are all physical examples. You know, like barriers, concrete barriers, so people can't walk a certain way, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. What, what can you think of, an, of a, you know, more tech or online example? Yeah, sure, of course like, I can. Like what? If you say yes, I'm going to ask for an example. Yeah. So I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, I, uh, let's see. What, what, what do I have in mind here? So it's like um, you got you got you got something someone's trying to accomplish, but you don't want to make it too easy. Why? So, well, because then uh, then they would just do that thing all the time. Do you have an example? Um, I mean games, but that's 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 different. Um, well, is there a good tech example of making things uncomfortable so that people won't do it as much? Won't do it as much. I mean, yes. All right. Well. Yes. Um. So, for example. Here's 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 one here's one for you. 
when you have, um, let's say you're moving to a new software suite. Yes. Okay. You yes. like where this is headed? I don't know where it's headed. You're moving to a new software suite and you're trying to encourage everyone to get on the new stuff. Okay. Right? Yeah. So what you do is you put an annoying like banner being on like the old up stuff. upgrade now. Right? Or like every time you click you have to say, Okay, I accept I have you know, to I have to I, do an you know, extra I need the click. patches. Yeah, I have to yeah. click the box to say no keep the old one. I have to do more work to keep the old one. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's an example. Yeah, you like that? Well, I don't like it, but uh, uh, I don't like the idea of it, but it is an example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, defensive design. I uh, it, you know, I mean, it wasn't new to me, but it's I didn't I guess I didn't know that it really had a name and was a thing. So do you think we should have like an online course on how to do defensive design? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think, I just don't, well, I think, I mean, choice architecture. is just really what it is. Yes. It's just not the obvious way I usually think of choice architecture. Okay. So anyway, that's, that's a, that's a thing. Defensive design. Right. I haven't seen anyone put that on their resume, expert in defensive design, but well, yeah. Well, you know, no, I mean, I, I do think it's. I think it's interesting and I think it's useful to, to, to think about things in that context. Why? Well, because, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna, you know, go go do something like that, if you're going to decide that, hey, we want you know, we, we, we want things a certain way. A lot of times, you know, we do focus on, hey, we only we, we want to make things better for people. But sometimes we want to sometimes you have to make in order to make things better for everyone. They have to be oh, worse for someone. That's interesting. The greater good. That's interesting. And, you know, in tech where it's often it's so consumerist. Yeah. So often, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, consumer focused that I think we lose sight of some of the more important things that that are actually required that uh might that, not a consumer might not, might not like that a consumer might not like yes that's interesting thank you uh it's it's a it's kind of a it's kind of a dilemma in my mind but um in what in what way is it a dilemma i'm just thinking about okay so so um I don't know. Somehow it seems sneaky. I know. Oh, yeah. And like having Facebook have a little <laughs> notification pop up that said, three of your friends have birthdays today. Wish them happy birthday. No, is right. not sneaky. I guess, it's as, I guess it's as manipulative. I guess it is. I guess it is. I mean. I'm just thinking I, about the, like, I recently, look, as you know, I had a lightning strike. And it uh, zapped my uh well, it wasn't that recent, but it was such yeah, a traumatic like event. It seems recent. Uh, <laughs> it didn't strike you. No, no, no. It struck. So, no, I should finish the sentence. I was not struck by. You're like ah, oh, I had a lightning strike. <laughs> outside, outside of my office window, and it it went through and kind of killed my modem and killed my my uh, uh, router and actually killed the Ethernet connection on my motherboard. Anyway. 
in trying to get the router fixed, a uh, company that shall remain nameless, um, you, you know, they didn't want to talk to you on the phone. Like, they did everything they could in defensive design to make it impossible for you to call in. Oh, this is a much better example. Yeah, give me a, so, so, so elaborate on this. Well, you would go to their website, right? Yeah. And, and uh, look for, I was looking for um, a phone number. And they even said, you know, call us, but didn't give a phone number. Like, how can you say call us and then there not be a phone number? Like, obviously, you really don't want people to call. And you had to go like, you know, uh, you had to work for like 10 minutes to just get the phone number. And then, of course, once you got the phone number, um, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't ever reach anyone that could help you with with your situation. I mean, it was just, it's, it was a lot. I don't, I actually have blocked a lot of the details from my mind because it was so traumatic about trying to get hold of these people. And really, you could just tell the goal was to be so discouraging that you would give up yeah. because that they really don't want the call volume, you know? Right. Right. You know, and, and that's that the call volume, that's actually a very good point. We've, we've, we've come across a number of companies who have, um, and asking, you know, cause like the reality is they don't want people to call into customer support. No. And some of the, the good design, right. Is to, okay, well, if your website has the resources, you know, right? That that the, the available, you know, in an easy to whatever fashion. Yeah, right? if you have a support site and you have a knowledge base and yeah, yeah, yeah. people so, can so find that, an answer or, or, online. Yeah, and, yeah, or people are not confused in the first place about what your product is. Like there are... Positive, not defensive design, but positive design things. Right. Right. Um, whereas... No, they were definitely doing defensive design, but I just didn't yeah. know at the but, time. But but okay, so but once but like once you get past that, I mean, was, right? There's there's a middle level manager who's it was horrible, yeah. Whose whole job <laughs> is to make sure people can't, you know, just keep call volume down, right? Yeah. Like that. This is your this is your like assigned yeah. duty. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah. and the best way to do that is to make it really horrible and annoying and. Have a way. I, I mean, is there any legislation that would pro- prohibit a company from just having like a call wait of like you know forever? No, there's. I don't. I don't know of any. Not that. Not that I know of. No. no. All right. Should we move on to our next topic? Ooh, that one. That was that was short but sweet. Was it short? I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty I short. Just that short. It's pretty short. Uh, all right. Let's move on. I'm tired of it. <laughs> All right. I can't, what came across my desk, have you seen this? It's this black thing, little black box, kind of the size of a small smartphone. And it has like buttons on it to press and, 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 and swipe. But it doesn't do anything. You know, I vaguely remember this. I don't know if anyone's actually purchasing. This might just be like a gimme thing that people are like, like it's a news story because it's like, oh, people are so frustrated with technology that now they're turning to blah, blah, blah. But like in reality, like it, it's not actually like a thing that people. Like you can't actually buy it? Well, you can buy it, but like no one is because it would be dumb. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's flying off the shelves. 
I I kind of I remember seeing it, but my impression was that it was more. It was more stupid like stupid story of the day. Not stupid, but just like in a sensationalist story, uh, right? As being like, you know, isn't this you know tied that things are so tough, blah blah blah, that people have to resort to blah blah blah, as like a way to push their. Supposedly, from what I remember reading about it, it was for people who are trying not to use their smartphone so much, you know, because people are concerned about uh, it becoming addicted to their smartphones or, uh, you know, not not being able to uh, turn off their digital life and so on. So they're they're like, you know, turning off their phones and spending time without the phone. But then they we're so used to the physical, tactile, haptic sensations that it we actually get agitated and this was supposed to, this is like worry beads, you know, it was supposed to help you deal with the withdrawal of not having your device. Well, there's a there's a lot of devices like that, right? Rosary stuff. Worry beads, yeah. It's actually uh well, there's another term I don't remember what it is for like it's like a rosary, but it's not a Catholic rosary. It's just a a string of beads that you that you use. So, um, are you are you a fidgety kind of person with that? Would you like that? I'm a very fidgety person. No, no. no if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna fidget with something, I'll fidget with my real phone. But the phone you have, because I happen to know what phone you have, because it's actually the same phone I have doesn't have very many real buttons. Why would I need real buttons? And you t- didn't you turn off the haptics the haptic setting on your phone? Yes, I See, I love the haptic setting on my phone. No, I'm very I'm I'm very very sensitive to that. To haptics? Yeah. So haptics are, you know, the sense of touch, like actually feeling something. So on do all Android phones do this, or just the ones we have? Have that um, option. Probably, probably all Android. Phones. So it, when you press a press something on the screen, I, how would you even describe that feeling? It's an unusual feeling because it's it kind. It's not really like you don't feel like you've pressed in a button, but you feel something. And I love it. It's a little. It's a little vibration. I like it. And you have it turned off, you, you can't stand it. But I'm also a very fidgety person. Like if I'm sitting in a, you, you've sat next to me at conferences. I'm like the- You are an incredibly fidgety person. I'm like the person you don't want in your audience. Yeah. <laughs> because I can't sit still. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fidgeting physically. I'm like playing with pens and paper and talking and on my phone and on the computer i'm bad right yeah uh yeah so i like this idea of a of a little black thing that's kind of like a phone and buttons you can push i don't know if it weren't too expensive i might buy it yeah yeah i mean i wonder uh you know i guess we're not going to go backwards but um and i really wonder when we get to the point of like driverless cars you know what are we going to do are we going to have like a do you i don't know if they had these when you were growing up when i when i was growing up or or maybe later there were these um pretend steering wheels for children 
Like you'd put them in their car seat and then they'd have a steering wheel that they could, you know, turn and press buttons on and stuff. Okay. Did you have you ever seen that? Uh not particularly. So that the little kid can, you know, the toddler can pretend they're driving when you're in the car. Mhm. Um I always thought those were great. So are we going to do that in driverless cars like have a <laughs> a little toy steering wheel for the human? Why not? And then the human could t- put turn on the turn signal and could uh pretend brake and pretend steer. I mean, I wonder if we're going to end up like giving people dummy things to physically do because we're going to get to the point where we're just sitting there. We are just sitting there. What what's what's wrong with that? With all and all our devices are doing everything for us and there was this. There were. This is like from Wall-E. Remember those scenes in Wall-E where yes, the humans were just sitting around. I really wonder about that. I really wonder if if that's where we're going to be, and if that's a good thing, and if we're going to have some kind of retro uh, throwback where people, you know, backlash, and people. I mean, maybe people want a rotary phone. You know, because they want well, they want to dial. That's a little extreme. I wonder. I, I really wonder if some of real. I I wonder. Uh, there might be something there. You might want to think about that uh, as a you know well, to make a okay, lot of money. So, I mean, you know, hey. What you know? I know. I know people who. There's, I mean, there is a a bunch of people who like tactile things. Yes. So there's a whole industry based on tactile. So things that are really printed, um, you know, fidget spinners. Yeah. Um, high quality wooden furniture. I mean, it's a whole there's a whole universe of you know we really you know we want things to hold up uh, and and be real and touch them in the real world yeah um so i could be right here this could be a trend could be i wonder not be (laughs) i i wonder if it would be a trend for uh for younger people or older people, or it's just really more how haptic you are. You know, that's also a good question. Um, you know, that it'll kinda, become a trendy yeah. thing that the that that young people will want to do. That the older people will say, "Well, I remember when that was really the way everybody did it." Or will <laughs> this be the old yeah. people want it because? You know, they don't want to give up what they had before in physical objects. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, so when you, okay, so when when you were growing up, there was a... You mean back in the 90s? Yeah, back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was, a, there was a technology that was coming to fruition. There was? Yeah, but, you know, pick... Pick whichever... Oh, what technology was coming to fruition? Right? 
And yeah. there was a, I'm sure whatever it was, I'm sure there was there was a backlash against that. Yeah. And and people saying this is not how you know we should we need to be living in the real world. Uh, and right, it wasn't, and there was a whole thing of like communes and like living off the land and like back to nature. Well, some of which has stuck. I'm not saying it's stuck. I'm just, I don't think it ever particularly went away. Some of it has become more popular, let's say. So the whole. Has it become more popular? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. That's a good point. Yeah, but all I'm saying is that, you know, it's not exactly as if. Um, we give it all up all the time. It's not. I. I'm just. I'm just. I'm trying to say that you know. It kind of feels like. This is. Uh, like this is this is part of the. Kind of human whatever, like there's always gonna. It's like it's like eight, eight percent, fifteen, twelve percent of the population wants to go, live like people lived in the whatever prior time. Okay. Right, and so yeah. like whatever it is, there's always some group of people that wants to go do that. Mm-hmm. Is that that's? And I'm not, but I don't know that I'm saying go live in the prior time. I I guess I'm. Well, more there's saying... it's not it's not so much live, but right, but like there are things the things that we are miss it, we in modern society are are now missing out. And it's like the tactility of reading from a real book versus mm-hmm. a Kindle. Mm-hmm. And people, there will be a certain percentage of people who will go, oh, woe is us. We, we mm-hmm. should, we should, you know, you were missing out on the quality of things that once were. Um, and then, of course, I mean, the, and then there's the, the inverse. Yeah. So. Hmm. Do you think that, that people, that a, a, a particular person tends to be someone who misses the past or do you think it's dependent more on the particular piece of technology than it is on a personality trait um i think it's more on a particular i think there are little i think there are pods i think there are groups of people who who kind of think in the same way um if that makes sense about a lot of things yeah okay um so for for example, I kind of feel like um, th- so people who might be more traditional. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking so like weddings are a perfect example. There are you know less traditional people would just send out an electronic invite. Yeah. Right, and they they would they you know they have a it's a non traditional wedding right it's a big party. Or you know they have yeah they have vows and stuff but blah blah blah. Versus, you know, someone, you know, like a very traditional. Well, you know, I was just recently talking to someone who is about, you know, is a millennial, similar age as you. And uh, we were discussing someone else who had sent out an electronic wedding invitation. Mm-hmm. And she was so derisive of that. You know, she couldn't yeah. believe, could not believe. She's like, I understand sending on an electronic save the date, but I do not understand how she could possibly send out 
an electronic wedding invitation. Which right, I f- exactly. Which I found really, you know, to me that was like, what? <laughs> like, well, and then, and, and, well, and you are not exactly traditional. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm um, not. And, and, but, you know, so, and then there's the levels of that, right? So by traditional wedding invitation, it's not, it's not just like you get a postcard at the mail, like a fancy one with like a letter pressed this and a ribbon that and like, like right, like there are yeah, various levels yeah. where it's it's all it's all about having something real and tactile and Interesting. there's there's like a whole thing and the same the same would hold true for you know uh, there's a certain segment of people who believe you should you need to be like outside and like be alone in nature and just like experience the forest and there's yeah. a certain you know segment of people who think that um, that when you are experiencing art. Uh, it, it it can't be an electronic. You know, you need to like it, it, you have to use like all the, all your senses. You know, so whether that's reading a book or seeing a play or a concert in person, that there's just no there's no substitute for the for the experience of all the senses working together. So there, I think there will always be um, these these things that are popular. But I'm going to predict. Can I predict something? Yeah, sure. I'm going to predict that the more electronic we go and the less physical the more desire there is for haptic. That's interesting. That's what I think. So I think we're going to see haptic stuff. I think the Android option is a perfect example. I think we're going to see more haptic options built into places where they actually aren't necessary. Like There's no need for haptic uh, uh, feedback when you press the Android button, except that some humans like it. And I think we're going to see more. No, 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 no. Well, I disagree with that. Why? So the original haptic, our phones do not have dedicated buttons. Right. But it's so to no, allow. No, no. What? I'm just teased. <coughs> Sorry, everyone. But it's like, uh, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, the, I was, I was trying to say that there are uses you know when you're in your pocket and you're not looking at it so the haptic feedback yeah is, yeah but i think that yeah. that people i think that we're going to see more haptic feedback that doesn't have any actual use except it's haptic oh you think there's going to be like bad design somewhere uh, <laughs> very funny yeah. okay. Guys, okay okay let's go on i <laughs> uh, got it i almost didn't get it yeah. i almost responded um, all right, I'm ready to go on to the next in the news. Oh topic. yeah, I sorry, I I didn't. You have like such a this is a this is a plethora. Yeah, you didn't realize I had so many. No, I had no idea. Okay, I have another one in the news. You know about the Facebook algorithm alert about suicide? Oh, I believe I've heard of this. Is this real or is this? <laughs> a debated thing. I no, well, it's real. Okay, well, there are a lot of things where someone's like, we, we're thinking about rolling this out, and then there are like things that uh, that they're like thought pe- they're like thought pieces and reporting, no, and no. I didn't know I'm if this was a sure thought this piece. This is real. Okay. Uh, and Europe is has banned it, so you, it's not being done on Facebook in Europe. Now I don't know if that means. Facebook accounts 
based in Europe or f- when you're visiting Europe or, you know, like I'm going to be in Belgium. Does that mean that? Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I should explain what it is in case, okay. <clears throat> in case someone hasn't come across this. So the idea is that Facebook, you know, you might be surprised to know, Guthrie, that Facebook is monitoring your posts and your feed and what people say back to you. Did you know that? Yeah, I just assume that they do yeah. everything. I know. I was being sarcastic. Oh. Um, <laughs> some people, prob- that's probably not Some like people a- may not realize that. Yeah. So they're, they are going to be looking for... Uh, certain posts that would indicate that you might be suicidal. Okay. Do you know how they do that? What would that be, by the way? Besides you write the word, I'm suicidal. Oh, I'm, I'm not even going. I mean, I could, I could, I could take some stabs in the dark, but they'd be. Stabs in the dark? Very bad stabs. Well, for instance, if I post on your, fa- if I post to you, are you okay? That will alert the Facebook suicide algorithm. Huh. So if there, and I don't know how the algorithm works or what's in it, but I, if there's enough people asking you if you're okay or saying other things and you saying other things, then they will decide that it's a possible suicide alert. Now, I must admit that I didn't read this in enough detail to know what they do after they, like, do they then send you a feed on how wonderful life is? Or, like, can you look this up? What do they do? If they determine that they think you're going to kill yourself. No, I have no idea. Oh, I should have looked that up before we talked about it. Should I look it yeah. up now? Yeah, if, 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 you, if you'd like. I'm going to go look it up here. <clears throat> but interestingly, of course, in in Europe, and I know we have a bunch of listeners from Europe, they're not going to let Facebook do this because they think it's being too, you know, it's an invasion of privacy to be. I don't know what they think is the invasion of privacy, though, because, um, I mean, does Facebook not collect the same information on Europe accounts as it does on U.S. accounts? Oh, probably. There's, they have a lot more regulation when it comes to internet privacy stuff yeah. over there. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to pretend to know all the, the ins and outs of it. Okay. So. <clears throat> all right. Here, I'm looking up this article, which is in Wired. Uh, so they're, they're doing this, they're scanning posts for suicidal ideation everywhere in the world except Europe. Uh, they use a pattern recognition system to watch for troubling comments and user posts and videos, such as, are you okay? Oh, here's what, here's what they do. I did read this. I do remember this now. They, if they see that, they pass your details on to emergency responders to intervene. Does this mean like someone's going to show up at your door? I don't know. It's very weird. There's like, uh, like, yeah. the, like the ambulance will show up? Paternal Facebook has always been like, right, where they're like, 
we're we're on your side but we're facebook but we're being like you know like you know we care i've never really known how to feel about that I mean, they've been doing it for a while with the whole, like, I like after, like, a calamity, you can mark yourself as safe. I don't know. I think it's... Yeah. I think that the biggest problem Facebook has is that not ever people do not post enough on Facebook about their life. I think that in that if i mean it's kind of a fun thing but it's probably going to miss the mark most of the time so that, you're not saying the suicide alert is a fun thing no it's, it's just like a side but not not by fun by as in like literal fun but like as a side project like i don't think they're actually investing like a lot of resources into this i would i bet that it's probably just like if you write a post that's like like you said i i like I'm gonna commit suicide, then they forge you on, and if people say, "Are you all right?" then it like maybe it flags you. But I I I don't think it's like gleaning deep insights into the depressed states of people as much as it might sound. Just my, just my guess. Now, could be wrong. What did you mean when you said you, the problem with Facebook is that people are not posting enough? Um, because so let's let's you know it. If there are if there are going to be posts that exist that uh, that you know Facebook can mark as oh um, like this is clearly like a you know a, a suicidal tendency like mm-hmm. they like their algorithms know that yeah the problem is is that you know if you were really doing it right then you need to monitor them across multiple channels and platforms yeah. and know what they were posting and what videos they were watching. Yeah. Um, and then follow that up with, uh, like, like Google would be in a much better position to do it where, where you get the identities of people who've committed suicide and cross-reference that with their Google search history and Instagram posts and you know, like there's like there's a whole now maybe Facebook you know the fact that Facebook does own Instagram and WhatsApp if yeah. you were invested in those platforms does give that a little more credence yeah for sure so so maybe so maybe they're combining all of their sources so I th- I think they're they usually segment a decent amount the the point is is that like they definitely they definitely it's it's i don't think you know okay so because like i don't i don't i just don't post very much on facebook anymore like it's not like like you know in a in a in a previous world like i was like you know i'd be like posting to facebook you know like multiple times a day and statuses and pictures and friends and you know and i'm sure that if with enough data facebook could definitely do it um that would be just an amazing uh, you know, like it would just be, it would just be really, really amazing. Um, where they could tell that, you know, you post drop off and like, you know, you have like an angry post to someone where you burst out and then there's like a drop off period. And they're like, right. Like there are just like, there's just like things around that their algorithms could do to make it work, but it requires a lot of data and I'm not sure it's, it's data that they all have. That's all. So, you know, Facebook has changed a lot over time. Mm-hmm. And 
even just in the last, what, year or two? And you don't use it a lot, so maybe you haven't noticed this much. I mean, I use it, I would, I, I should say, I use it almost every day. Uh, I don't ever post anything, but I do like to check it. I wish people a happy birthday. I use Facebook Messenger to communicate with a number of different people. I use Instagram every day. So I use WhatsApp often. So I, I am I am not, I'm certainly, I'm not like the heaviest of users, but I am in the universe. You're in the Facebook family. I prefer not to be described like that, but. <laughs> but, but it's, I mean, Facebook, and I don't know if this is just something I'm doing that's affecting the algorithm, but I get, I'm guessing not. The, my feed on Facebook used to be, you know, 90% of the feed was people I personally know. And now 90% of the feed is not people or what? organizations I personally know. How, I, that, you're, that you're friends with? No, I just get all kinds of stuff in my feed that I've, I've never what? asked for. And I don't know these people. And I don't know... Why I'm getting the feed? And I'm <laughs> okay, I'm this is constantly this is a, saying, this is a problem you know, with you. hide this and unfollow this. Okay, this is my really. This isn't true. This isn't the experience everyone's having. I mean, I'm looking at my feed right now. No, it, these are the only thing posts I have are friends of mine. So seriously, you're, yeah, your right, Facebook's gonna, probably like hacked or something. We're gonna have to talk. <laughs> like it's like, or people to share posts from everything, but it's like. But it's still, you can trace it back to someone you know. Yeah, someone got tagged in it. There's an engagement photo that of people I, I know. I wonder if it just has to do with the fact that, like, how many friends on Facebook do you have? I, no, Facebook, the Facebook feed does not, I, I'm pretty sure they don't. Yeah, what? I must have some weird setting somewhere that says, feed me junk. Yeah. I must have checked the feed me things from everyone no matter how relevant it is box. Yeah, no, that doesn't, it definitely doesn't Doesn't sound sound right? No, not at all. Well, the next time we're together, or or maybe we could go, uh, uh, I can share my screen and you can help me with my settings because I, or I I don't know. It's, It's, I assumed it was because I didn't have, you don't have enough friends and that it was just trying to fill up my box with uh or maybe it's because i'm so desirable as a you know profile that all of these companies um ads are targeted to me i i somehow i don't well think i mean there, there are ads yeah are these wait are these Ads? No, these are actually are like these... feeds. These are feeds. All okay. right. Clear, we'll deal clearly, with, we'll deal just, with this you offline. Don't we, need, we you don't do... know how to use Facebook. <laughs> I, I, I understand. We won't, we won't bore our listeners anymore with my <laughs> woes about the fact that I don't know how to use Facebook. All right. Yeah, no, 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 no. Facebook hasn't like completely changed their identity. I, <laughs> Facebook I thought they had. had. No, I no, thought they no, had totally no. changed the hey, way they were doing Hey, maybe I'm wrong, things. and I when I 
set the setting to only show people in my whatevers and i just have ignored it but i don't think that's the case i'm gonna have to check obviously i haven't worked on my settings in a while i think that's what it is (laughs) that's pretty funny isn't it that's very funny okay did you have do you have more news events i have one more yeah i wanted one more thing i wanted to ask you about okay the the camera is it the google camera uh i don't (laughs) i don't know it's your story shoot why would I the camera I, the camera that you put in your in your house and it decides when to take pictures. Okay. So there is fortunately I know Oh, what is it? What, what I'm talking about. Oh my god, you're you're, you're too funny. So there's a um, there's a new Google camera. It is right, a Google uses, camera. Yes, but it's not called Google Camera. No. I think it's called Google Snaps. Okay. And it uses AI, and it doesn't upload anything to the cloud, but it's AI yeah, on, a har- on a piece of hardware. Yeah, I've heard that before. And then it, and then it, 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 you know, it takes pictures when you're like ready to take pictures. Well, it decides when to take pictures. Right. And it takes pictures, and then it uploads it to somewhere where you can look at the pictures, but not through the cloud. And so it's deciding what's picture worthy. What do you think about this? Well, the Amazon came out with one too using AWS. So. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, they came up with a new class of product. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. It doesn't ha- that doesn't happen every day that you get a new product segment, um, and they did it. So. That's really cool. And Why do you think it's a new product segment? I mean, it's a camera. It's not a camera. No one's taking the pictures. <laughs> How's, you know? I All right. So this brings me to, to, so would you be, are you comfortable? Do you really think that their net pictures aren't on the cloud? Uh, would you have one of these in your home? No. but Why, why not? What? What? Oh, because it's definitely, it's definitely not actually like that's not. Whatever. That the privacy thing is obviously creepy, um, where there's a, a thing that takes pictures of your of like you and your loved ones all the time, like. You know. So you think it's brilliant yet creepy. Yes, that's okay. So you would um, not have one in your home. I don't look. I would think about it. You're asking me all these big questions. I just don't. I don't know what I would do. I wouldn't buy one because I don't have money to spend on stuff like that. But like, as a like as just just like as a product, yeah. I think it's really 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 smart. There are there's a huge problem where you're at an event, and then oh there's like the camp the person who needs to take the pictures. And like no one wants to take the pictures, but everyone wants pictures of the event. And then the person who takes the pictures doesn't get to be in a picture. So you do like the the restaurant. Oh, can you get the server to take it? Oh, thank you. Or you have, you know, just it's just it's. I know. It's an, I mean, I as yeah. I've we've talked about the fact that I'm in the process of cataloging all of my digital and physical photos. Uh, a job I think you you suggested to me just so uh, I would leave you alone because I'd be so busy doing it for the next twenty years that I wouldn't have time to bother <laughs> you about anything. Um, <laughs> By the and, way, 
Uh, yeah. I, you, while you were busy scanning pictures, I doubled my salary. <laughs> just, I just wanted to let you make sure you were aware of that. Okay, was, good. But um, um, yeah. So at, I, wait, what, what I wanted to say was, as I've been cataloging this, you know, there are like, like, like point zero zero one percent of the pictures have my husband in them, <laughs> because he's the photographer in the family. Yeah, yeah. So he's always like he's never actually in it. He's never so, in the picture. So I kind so, of agree with you on that. Yeah, and this is, you know, I think this is a. Um, yeah, so so the fact that you could just put this up and you can have right, and the classic example is you're you're making pancakes with your adorable kid and your dog. Right, and your hands are covered in flour, but you want pictures of the fun time you have with your family. This is this is like the you know this is like the, the little thing that they did. Okay, but and, and supposedly it will make better decisions about what to take a picture of than you would. No, but it will make decisions about when to take a picture. <laughs> I don't think they'll make better decisions. I think it will get, but but it is smart. That's I that's an they're overreach. implying it w- they would make better decisions. No. But they, but, but they, but it's not just like it takes it every thirty seconds. It's not a time lapse, right? It right, waits right. until like it, it knows when it the kid blows out the candles, right. then take the picture. Yeah. So it's using smart AI. All right, but we now have a copyright legal problem, which I would oh, think. Oh, smart! I like this. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't bring this up, being the lawyer. So you know about the gorilla, right? Wasn't a gorilla. Was it a gorilla? I don't. I didn't think. Oh, it, was a it wasn't a gorilla. It was a monkey. You know about the monkey case? Yes, and I really don't want to over. Can Can you do the monkey case quickly? Briefly? Okay. Uh, a guy took pictures of the monkey. Uh, put took pictures in of of monkeys out in the wild. But in order to get good pictures, he put the camera out and and put a. Uh, a remote clicker and then he backed away so the monkeys ended up taking pictures of themselves they took selfies essentially and then later uh PETA uh whatever that stands for um hold on the way copyright works when it comes to pictures yeah is it's not the subject who is the owner of a copyright copyright you do don't need to apply for it automatically just exists at the time of the creation of the writing so if you write a poem right now and you never show anyone else you have a copyright backed by the u.s government on what you've created thank you happens automatically when it comes to pictures whoever clicks the the button took the picture owns the copyright of the picture. It has nothing to right. do with what the subject is. So in they case, argued that the monkey well, owned the picture. Yeah. Well, in this case, no one took the picture, right? Right. The only person who took the picture was the monkey. Right. Monkeys do not have rights under the Constitution. Well, but they... There are... They have... There, there is a... There are laws that stop animal cruelty. Well, but they took it to court to say that the monkey did have... Right. Well, it, it's and it says PETA found this like beautiful little, little legal loophole, and right. that if if well, if the mon- if it's not if the monkey doesn't have it the rights, then, then who has the and rights? And it got appealed, and then it got settled. But anyway, my question is: Oh, it got settled. It did. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They, That's interesting. The the guy, but, but yeah, the photographer. No, so it's a very interesting settled. case. And but so you're, so you're my asking question then who owns is, the copyright to who these owns photos a, yeah, that's right. If when they're taken have, by AI. That's right. That's my question. Do you have an answer? 
Does anyone have an answer? Does anyone? Somebody must be thinking about this. Bueller. Huh? It's I, said, a, I said Bueller was a joke. Oh. So, so, yeah. So that's my question. I You don't um, have to answer it right now, but I. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's an oh. issue. Oh, that's. That's a that's a really good question. Um, I'll have to you know I'll have to ask around. I think I know some copyright people. That's well. A, I mean, ask yeah. around, and then uh, in a, in another podcast episode, you can uh, you can let us know what you found out. All right. No. Because I really want to know. That's going. I feel like that's going to go to the Supreme Court. Really? Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. 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 Does does AI have rights? Because if the monkey case taught us anything, it, it was basically that, you know, there are there are certain segments that, you know, what 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 kind of rights can someone have? And um, I think uh, I think it's I think that's a fascinating discussion because a so like like AI is going to create a patent to something. Hey, I am so glad I came up with an, something that you consider a fascinating discussion. I'm I'm pleased that made my day. It made my week. <clears throat> Might I'm make not my that month. Tough, am I? <laughs> You're pretty tough. Yeah. All right, Guthrie, we've managed to use up all of our allotted time, and uh, it's it's time to. Uh, to say goodbye if someone wants to reach us or, or write into us email us about uh, whether they have one of these cameras or uh, uh, whether they they uh, want to buy one of the fake iPhones with the buttons or anything else whether they've been doing defensive design where do they contact us uh, info at the team w dot com alright hey thanks We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.